Hey there, it's Winston Faircloth, and welcome back to the Begin Again podcast. Desire, it's a powerful motivator to start or expand your business. Sometimes it's because we see a true market need, an itch in the marketplace that no one seems to be able to scratch. Other times it's more personal. We need something and business is just the way to go get what we desire. Well, I learned this lesson at a very young age. When I was around seven or eight, the Vietnam War was going on in the 60s, and I was a bored kid <laughs> during the summers after school let out. We lived in between a couple of smaller towns, cows to one side, horses on the other, and cornfields as far as I could see. There wasn't much to do during the summertime for a handful of kids that lived on our little side street. So one summer, I decided to open a store of my own. I took over the little lean-to shed behind our house where Dad kept the riding lawnmower out of the elements, and I took some scrap wood from his wood shop out back and began to build my own version of a general store. Now this nugget of an idea came honestly to me because my grandfather on my mother's side ran the general store in his community, and he passed before I grew up, but this uh, running a general store goes deep in our family roots. At the time, my dad was working for Coca-Cola, and on Fridays, he would bring home what they called irregulars. These were bottles that were not precisely the six and a half or 10 ounce bottles that they were selling at the grocery stores. They couldn't sell these particular bottles to the public not because they weren't delicious, but because they weren't the specified number of ounces in the bottles. Some bottles would be over full and some bottles would not be full enough, but they tasted wonderful. And back in the 60s, these were all glass bottles, returnables, so that you would drink the, the beverage and then you would return the physical glass bottle to the store for a deposit. Anyway, my dad would bring home these cases of irregulars that he would be able to buy 24 bottles for a single dollar. 24 bottles for a dollar. Well, Coke would sell these to the employees for a dollar per case, and I got the idea that I could sell individual bottles to the neighborhood kids. And after talking my dad into buying a couple more cases per week, I decided to sell these cold Coca-Colas at 10 cents a piece, which gave me $2.40 per case. I could double the money. And believe me, nothing tasted better than a cold Coca-Cola on a hot Virginia summer afternoon. Well, my Coca-Cola business took off. The neighborhood kids loved them, and they were buying them as fast as I could get them. And after seeing how successful my Coca-Cola business was going, I decided to expand my inventory and open up this physical store in the lean-to behind the house. I had permission to take my bike to the neighborhood store, which was about a third of the mile north on a busy two-lane highway. Warren's grocery store had a lot of convenience items and a wide array of candy, especially penny candy for sale. Now, those of you who are younger may not have heard of the term penny candy, but it literally was an assortment of candy that you'd pay one penny per piece 
to get. And you would put, you could mix and match and you would put this into a little bag of candy. So while I was there at the store, I stocked up on lots of penny candy, but then I bought very popular items like bubble gum and blow pops, things that just couldn't normally get a hold of in our little neighborhood. And so I took this stash of candy and I marked it up. For example, I could buy a penny candy for a penny a piece and I could sell those for a nickel each. It was all about supply and demand. The other kids in the neighborhood didn't have their parents' permission to go down the lane to the grocery store, but I could. But after a while, it wasn't enough just to have a store. All of us kids would play for hours in the woods and fields behind our house. But after a while, you got bored. So I decided one day to add a library to our neighborhood store. So I invited the other kids to bring in their children's books. And I would create a library that everyone could share. We could check out each other's books. And because this was during the Vietnam War, I decided to name the, this facility the Peace Library. In part because it was the summer of love and Peace Library just sounded so cool. So I took some of the profits from the general store and purchased this stamp that you could change out the letters. And I created my own logo and began to stamp everyone's personal books with the logo of Peace Library. Now, how did I make money on this? Well, when kids started wanting to check out the books, I charged them a nickel per book to check out a book out of Peace Library. Again, supply and demand. And I even charged kids a nickel to check out their own book. <laughs> that made me very popular in my neighborhood. So what happened to all that profit? Well, go back to two desires. Number one, I really wanted something to do over the summer. And I wanted to give the other kids in our neighborhood something to do as well. I Some of that profit, well, it went back to eating some of the candy that I loved myself. It supplied me with some really cool pieces of candy I loved. But more importantly, I loved having a purpose and having this profit every summer. One goal I had was to purchase this digital alarm clock. I had never seen one before. And I wanted one. I asked for Santa to bring me one one Christmas, but he didn't do it. It was too expensive. And so I saved one summer from all of this entrepreneurial activity, and I bought my own digital alarm clock. I had the entrepreneurial bug big time. So what's the lesson I took away from being eight, nine, ten, running my own little general store for our neighborhood kids? Well, when you fill a need with a valuable service, people will pay you. You can earn a pretty good living. You could earn some good money. I didn't have, you know, kids who are starting their own business. They don't have any overhead. Dad wasn't really charging me for the Cokes he was bringing. So it was a little overstated as to how much I was making and what kind of profit. But it taught me a really invaluable lesson. Fill a need. Find a need. Fill a need. Do it with enthusiasm and purpose. And the sky is the limit for what you can do with your life. And when I look back on an entrepreneurial career that started for me 
over 50 years ago now, if I count this as the beginning of an entrepreneurial career, that lesson has served me really, really well. And as I think back over my career overall, that same feeling of purpose before profit was really the catalyst behind the tech organization that I helped to found as well. And there's nothing more exciting when you finally unlock that purpose and you just feel so aligned with it. There's nothing that is that replaces that feeling from a business perspective. So pursue that purpose and mind these stories from your own life, because I bet if you think about your own life, you probably have some of those moments where you say, gosh, I feel so much in flow and so energized by what I'm doing. I do it for free. That's how I felt about that store and that little piece library that I had those summers. So my question to you is, are you ready to start your own faith-centered online business? Let's draw deeper faith, inspiration, and encouragement from my own beginning of movements. I invite you to subscribe to the show because we've got some really fascinating guests coming up and other stories about how an entrepreneurial journey can really help you find your purpose and you can serve people with the talent and experience that you have. So let's draw deeper faith, inspiration, and encouragement in our own begin again moments. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and check out the upcoming shows we've got coming up by subscribing right now on your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please share with your friends and leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Capture a screenshot of your review and email us at the email address in the show notes, and we'd love to send you a free gift. And if you're ready to build your own faith-centered business, visit winstonfaircloth.com for free resources and guides to help you along your entrepreneurial journey. And remember, the biggest breakthroughs in life and business occur the moment you decide to begin again. I'll catch you on the next episode.